welcome shashank in my home where i interview some really cool amazing people and before moving forward this is a really favorite question of mine that i asked like i have started asking my guests how would a loved one introduce you personally and professionally oh damn uh, a loved one <laughs> uh that's like a very interesting question dipanshu uh, thanks for having me here and while i am saying all of this i'm trying to think ki kya what should be the answer um uh, i think a loved one uh, would introduce me as a person who is very impulsive and in terms of my profession they'll be like uh they'll have stone santa come in uh, immediately so he does something related to art and otherwise what he does is not something that they understand so this is majorly how my introduction should come out and then they'll add give okay this guy should take up a job and he should start making more money perhaps so yeah that kind of gives me an insight to what would they not tell me that only you know <laughs> I, i think a lot of stuff <laughs> <laughs> let's start with something that's not nsfw uh- uh well uh it's like a very tough question to ask because uh i'm in that phase where i'm just trying to understand who i am and what i want to do in life i mean although there is a startup and there are other things that are going on so i'm not sure how to put this out as an answer but okay, it's like a very confused it. chaotic situation i i can relate to it it's okay mm-hmm. let's let's move on to something so uh Here's something that I have been watching you doing. So we are connected, I guess, for the past two, three years, if I'm not wrong. Yes. And right, and yes. uh, you had this uh, startup Stone Tent, uh, Stone Santa. Tell me a little about it. So uh, Stone Santa started off as an idea where the intention was to connect uh, people who are good at art and craft. with people like me who were looking for gifts so this started out uh, immediately after i graduated from college and i built it i i kept working on it for about 3 3 and a half years and i think we connected because i found your answers on cora very nice and then yeah i thought uh, let's try to make something for dipanshu and i think it was a cora string art that we sent you over to you yeah. and you kind of liked it yes uh, i loved it yes so uh, most of stone santa is about creating memories uh, through personalized art and uh, the memories that are being created are by artists so the idea is to empower them for the work that they do and uh, so far we've served around 5000 customers and we've worked with around 200 to 50 artists across india and abroad so that's pretty much what stone santa is about amazing and it must have been hard because i know i have seen you posting it around about it and we have a, we had a little discussion around it as well must have been hard to let it go uh so yes letting go was a difficult thing but then while i was uh, trying to make peace with that decision i realized that it's okay to delay your dreams rather than quitting on it so uh that was something that started happening when it comes to my mind and another good thing that happened was there were a lot of people like after i announced that i'm moving away from it they kind of reached out to me saying that hey uh, don't quit on it yet uh, let us know if we can uh, collaborate and work on it so right now stone santa is working parallelly and 
it's just that uh, i have moved away from the uh, organization as an active participant and i'm trying to work on a few things that i felt that i was not good at or i could have improved upon so i'm hoping stone santa comes back as a full time affair for me in the next few years amazing and so i i really want to pick that one line you mentioned you know it's okay to quit uh, it's okay to delay your dreams and this is something that i usually tell you know like usually i speak about that goals aren't actually big or small or you know the issue is usually not with goals the issue is with the timelines that we set sure yeah right so uh, I, i was talking to one of the clients the other day and i i mentioned her that there are three uh, components and i want to know your opinion on it so there are three components you know around whole this you know dream chasing thing or whatever one is your goal second is your timeline and third is your approach or your strategy or plans or whatever so sometimes the goal is great like i want to be a billionaire sure why not but then the timeline is squid like i want to be in you know that in one year and i don't have any money or it it could be you know the wrong approach maybe like i so you want to be a billionaire but you have like 50 years your motivation will be so low sure you know yes. the timeline could be either too long or too short what what do you think about that i think it's like very nicely put i i never thought of it as three things like goal timeline and approach but i think uh, it's like poetry the the combination of these three coming together uh, is something that works well or does not work so well for somebody but i i like this i kind of made i have a pen in my hand because i know you are a habit coach and a lot of other things so i'm i'm sure a lot of things that you say uh, may come uh, very handy to me so i have this uh, written sure. right now so hey uh, i'm sorry to interrupt but this is uh, you know just to give you another so i was thinking that what was the example i was giving her or why was i talking to her about all this so she had a goal that she wants a you know like a partner like a romantic partner uh, her boyfriend or husband or whatever and she wants that in you know like 2 years okay so her timeline was okay like 2 years like this is the maximum time i want to give her expectations were not too super high like she was expecting someone you know like, again that uh, with the checklist so i was like it's okay to have that kind of goal but maybe the approach is wrong if you are being desperate about it so you know her timeline was okay her goal was good enough but the approach was really wrong right and i actually just uh, talked about it two days ago so i haven't written about it yet so even i don't have enough clarity on this concept but it it might be nice i i is it uh, is something coming to your mind when i talk about all this uh, about a goal timeline and approach i think yes i mean when i started stone santa i thought that this is going to be the only thing i am going to be doing in life but uh, 3 years later uh, my goals have kind of shifted and changed but my approach has not so i think mm. uh, i think these three things are like they the proportion in which you are focused on different things it keeps changing and the idea is to let it flow like uh, poetry again yeah uh, yeah totally yes, so. uh, and that brings me to the uh, you know something that i really remember your marketing campaigns about stone center because that mm-hmm. was something that went really really super viral so talk uh, yeah. about that a little <laughs> uh 
so i think uh, i'll i'll kind of base it on the things that you told about the goal the timeline and the approach so at that point uh, stone santa we wanted to grow our customers the goal was clear but the timeline i was very confused i like okay i can't handle this anymore so my approach was very wrong i was trying okay. to gain customers by randomly talking to people stopping them on the streets like hey i run a company called stone santa and everything so the approach was very messed up and that caused burnout now uh, one of these habits that i always had was talking to anybody and everybody that i meet about anything so mm-hmm. stone santa would come in the conversation and uh talking to a cab driver about the uh, the idea of stone santa he gave me an idea that why don't you advertise in the cabs and i was like okay sounds good but then just like me being me i was procrastinating and then i hit a roadblock i was like okay this is uh, the time to quit or something like that started coming to my head so i thought okay i have this much money left can i invest that money and do what that cab driver asked me to can i advertise in cabs so i decided to uh, advertise in cabs inside the cabs by talking to the cab driver so me and one of my teammates sanjay we went to the bangalore airport we spent a good 40 46 hours at the airport talking to the cab drivers surprisingly almost all of them uh, agreed to let us advertise in their cabs without asking any money and that was a very yes that was a very humbling experience for me because there were a bunch of strangers belonging to different religion different uh, demographics altogether but they were willing to trust two random guys who did not even speak their language mm. so after that campaign even if the campaign would not have succeeded i came at peace because i was like okay if these random people can trust me and uh, believe me in my journey of stone set i think i can still continue that journey so that was phase 1 of the campaign advertising in the cabs but then uh, i thought let's write about it on facebook and other places so i i, I kind of wrote about it on quora and mm-hmm. when i woke up about 20 24 hours later i saw that that answer has exploded we got about a lot of good comments kind hearted comments saying oh this is a brilliant strategy and i kept wondering to myself like this is not a brilliant strategy because people have advertised in cabs before but then i think the key trigger that made it work was one we did not spend money and two mm-hmm. instead of hiring a marketing agency to do that job we did it ourselves and things worked like a lot of people started reaching out hey nice campaign nice campaign and everything else so that was phase 1 but since i got a lot of attention i almost felt like an internet celebrity for a, a few days yeah sure a lot of people were asking me the same questions how did you convince them what did you give them and everything else so i decided to write a detailed case study about it and i published that case study uh, about 2 2 3 months after the campaign was uh, done and then that case study was picked up by a lot of online publications like your story marketing mind and that was like the phase 2 of that campaign where mm-hmm. my marketing campaign became my marketing campaign mm-hmm. yeah that that is what it was so and it got me a lot of customers so sure and that kind of you know i have asked this before so on this you know on my youtube channel and my interview series uh, i have had anansha lamyan divyansh mundra shreya badonia you know uh, they are kind of quora celebrities Yes, and obviously you are one of them. 
<laughs> I I really like to ask this question. Do you think Kora made you a writer? Yes, yes, it did. So if Kora was not there, I mean, I was writing uh, things here and there, but Kora allowed me to instill that habit of writing. I did not even realize that. And while I got into writing, I started getting attention in terms of people visiting my website, perhaps people dropping in kind comments. And, and here's the second stage of that question: Do those upwards made you a better writer, or you know, do do those upwards uh, did those upwards make you a writer? Because here's what I saw happening with almost anyone who is a writer these days, specifically online writers. that they got a little you know touch of viral uh, like viewership and that gave them a motivation to write more it has happened with me it has happened with uh, obviously anansha and divyansh and everybody else as well what do, what do you think about that uh, so i think i i would not deny that i would definitely agree to it but for me the more uh, uh, something that made me a better of uh, that forced me to become better was stone santa getting attention so mm. for me upwards was a metric yes but my prime purpose of writing was to get people to know about stone santa so you bhuvi jain divyansh mundra anubhav a lot of famous famous corens have interacted with my content because stone santa was a part of it so the fact mm. that people were getting to know about stone santa was a major driver for me and yes upwards and views always counted yes <laughs> it it's a little hard to accept that you know these kind of metrics help us you know motivate ourselves but they usually do in the start i, I remember i've talked about it a lot that i started writing and kora was my first platform where i started writing and i started writing because there was a girl in my class that i used to really like but i rather write about her rather than to ask her out Hmm. and then a couple of my questions about crush like how do you guys feel about their crush and stuff like that they you know became viral and stuff and then it then the questions turned to breakups then the question turned to mental health <laughs> and it has been a really good journey uh okay so another uh, part because you mentioned that your focus was to bring attention to stone center and this has been kind of my interest uh, a lot as well because i come from a marketing and branding uh, you know background as well how do you see personal branding versus corporate branding um okay this is a very difficult question to answer but i'll put it out on what i have learned yeah till yeah. a till a certain amount of time your personal brand can be bigger than your brand like when i take stone santa as an example my personal brand is still bigger than stone santa right now hmm uh, but after a certain point of time if the personal brand is not let go off then hmm. the brand starts to suffer at a peak corporate brand when, yes yes uh, so you will notice that a lot of brands corporate brands when the personal brand has exceeded they start hmm. to bring in evangelists like for example for a long long time uh, steve jobs his brand was way bigger than apple's brand hmm. but then when he was kicked out of apple that is when apple realized that they've lost something very big so they started working towards uh, launching new products and that apple did a lot of crazy decisions while they were doing it yeah but yeah. then 
when apple had to bring back steve jobs they did not bring steve jobs they acquired his company called next computers yeah and steve jobs perhaps like i've read his autobiography not autobiography i've read his biography by walter isaacson so in mm-hmm. in that book it, it, it he beautifully mentions on how apple started becoming a brand bigger than steve jobs after steve jobs came into apple back again okay but i think personal brand is something that can get you your first 100000 customers or so if you're talking about a d2c brand direct to consumer brand mm-hmm. if we talk about b2b brands perhaps you get your first 1000 uh, customers or so with your personal brand but after that the personal brand has to uh, pave way for the corporate brand or the company's brand to become bigger than the personal brand or the person itself understand but then there are use cases which are exceptions like tanmay bhat like tanmay bhat's oh personal brand or if we talk about companies like uh, aib and tvf or filter copy for that matter in in such cases the personal brands have led to the corporate brand but now the corporate brand or these brands have become so big that any new person that is launched their personal brand becomes very big mm-hmm. uh, kota factory is an example all the stars of kota factory became insanely popular after they starred in kota factory mm-hmm. i think it, it's it's an entire journey which is very difficult to pinpoint at what instance your personal brand uh, overtakes your corporate brand or vice versa and i really believe this uh, obviously i wanted to know your personal opinion around this because there's obviously no clear answer to this uh, i really believe so in in my case like i don't have a dream of you know like forming a fortune 500 company i'm really interested in just me and maybe scaling up with you know a few more team members that that's pretty much it that's why i want to do it like like just tony robbins right mm-hmm. he okay. his personal brand is like you see you Very you good. cannot name a corporate brand you know tony robbins right yes 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 you know robin sharma you yes. you probably don't know as much their corporate brands so mm-hmm. i really uh, i really think it has to obviously do with your personal goals and obviously if one of your goals is to scale it up be really bigger and you know serve more people and that kind of stuff corporate brand needs to come obviously in early in the whole equation yeah, so you can yeah. build it simultaneously right but again uh, see with the way the internet is exploding and with the way everything is working right now uh, the world is going back to that stage where they are starting to believe in micro communities micro mm-hmm. communities are personal brands basically so if you'll see a lot of brands are starting to invest and work with a lot of influencers again so i think the internet has become so huge and so full of information and people and everything else that people are starting to go back to those uh, curated communities which are perhaps gated communities not everybody is a part of those communities but an individual can be a part of multiple communities like i am a part of your community now i am a part of others communities also who are corons who are good instagrammers so mm-hmm. although every all of these communities are on the internet but i'm influenced by what you post for example i did not know of what habit coaches are before you started posting about yeah. it right hmm hmm yeah so yeah yeah I, i got your point and obviously i know a little about this because i've served as an influencer marketing manager for like 6 months in a company so my job was in you know creating those 
micro communities uh, interesting uh, so that brings me to this uh, whole idea that because obviously uh, this has started booming because of this whole corona and covid lockdown the whole creator economy and content creators specifically and i know you belong to that community i belong to that community where where do you see it going i mean i can't like i am not so sure about how i can pin it pinpoint it but i think a lot of the top 2 3% content creators will go on to uh, start their businesses i mean that is inevitable because after a certain point of time uh, you start realizing that you are the bottleneck in your growth and yeah. when that starts happening, uh, you tend to grow your brand like i i have been in touch with a lot of people who have their own youtube channels and everything else and they started their companies either by selling courses or by uh, you know inviting people for workshops the thing is you have to transition into uh, something like that so i think i see it as a journey uh, you start creating content you build an audience then you build a loyal audience and then you got to give something to that audience with which that audience can grow and that should not be your content ideally i mean we'll take yeah. fin shots as they started off as just being a content creating uh, you know they started sharing a lot of good stories but now fin shots has uh, something where they've introduced products which are related to insurance uh, uh, a lot of youtubers uh, there is a youtuber called saloni shrivastava so she has started her uh, own academy now and a friend of mine recently joined her as a full time uh, employee for helping her with the academy so it's it's crazy on how content creators are transitioning to become entrepreneurs uh, yeah and i believe you know coaching is one of them mentorship training uh, again you know training would mean creating courses workshops and all that stuff i think those are kind of the i don't know what the what's the best word to use here maybe easiest or the best way to monetize your audience because this new thing that's been uh, you know like in the boom for the past few months that's membership hmm hmm patreon so the patreons or you know the substack email newsletter memberships or anything around that subscription based model although it is really uh, rewarding i would say because it gives you a sense of security that you will get at least this amount of money next month but i'm not sure if most of the content creators would be able to utilize that opportunity yeah i think it's difficult because uh, maintaining a newsletter or something like that requires consistency on another level altogether and it's happened with me like after i grew to a few million views on kora i became complacent so i stopped creating so r- keeping that engine running consistently and ensuring that your audience is constantly engaged can become a headache so this has happened with me anangsha lamyan shreya badonia probably we stopped creating new content on kora or we are really you know like really less active maybe let's let's say that i post it like uh, twice a week on kora but here's divyansh mundra comes into picture is still yeah. consistently posting on kora really amazing content you know keeping that consistency in his quality and he like crossed maybe 80000 followers recently 
yeah i've been following him he's like damn damn consistent that is something that we have to give it to him he's very very consistent yeah and uh, so this is something that i have realized that when you stick to one platform your consistency is rewarded sure yeah i agree to this and how is it linkedin turning out for you because we both have been uh, consistent on linkedin now in the uh, past few months i guess uh the agenda for me using different platforms is very different right now i'm still uh, passively active on quora but now i'm using quora as a way to uh, grow my youtube channel mm-hmm. i'm sure YouTube, yeah i'm using i'm i'm kind of posting on youtube in order to grow my online presence as an educator and i'm hoping that by the time my youtube channel explodes i should be able to relaunch stone santa again mm-hmm. so my hope my audience on linkedin uh, uh youtube these two places should be that audience which is ready to receive any product i launch and how and many followers do you subscribers do you have on youtube right now not a lot 800 perhaps about 800. i have like <laughs> i i don't even have 200 yet <laughs> i think totally <laughs> fine <laughs> most of my students are my subscribers so you know when they're taking my classes uh uh they kind of check into my youtube handles so i think it's like a cohesive engine my linkedin my quora and my youtube these three platforms are running in sync another thing that i'm doing is uh so this is where my digital marketing uh, experience comes into play hmm. uh, so i've been writing a lot of blogs and they are starting to be discovered organically on google okay so where are you writing look- them Uh, it's 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 hosted on my personal website trippyentrepreneur.com and okay. then then i have a uh, i i have a few guest blogs going out so these are not something which will uh, which would be visible to people just like that but then if i look at the numbers on google search console it's gotten me about uh, what 12 million impressions in the past 6 months oh so amazing so amazing. yes so my idea is to be able to uh, Uh, run on all these platforms and hopefully the compounding effect should start coming in by the time i'm ready to relaunch stone santa so, and uh, do you have someone helping you out in all these things uh in my personal work no like stone santa is running and we are doing a lot of digital marketing for stone santa as well so there are a lot of people who are doing it and i am you know just overseeing and getting in, getting sure or making sure that the things are uh, you know following the best practices that may be required so you can say that secretly kaam chal raha hai yeah you, you, the whole work is being done in the stone santa part right your side hustle at the moment but i'm really interested how are you able to put up so much content just by yourself on your personal channel uh i don't know if it is a lot but i think uh I give me some like numbers to- i try posting four four times a week across all platforms youtube is difficult youtube is once a week right now yeah but it, it's the same thing you know being repurposed like something i've posted on youtube it can be changed rehashed and posted on linkedin quora so that way it becomes easy i think and it's still uh, time consuming it is but you know since you are also a content creator who's been writing for a long time you would realize that once you know what has to be done putting it into execution is not something that takes a lot of time but i'm really interested in knowing that why you know like <laughs> not questioning you but just you know like 
knowing that obviously because you have delegated some of your work in the side hustle that you are doing okay so uh, let let's uh, just figure out how many hours are you putting into whole this social media thing i'm really interested because i'm on the same journey that's what i'm asking so I, you know a little in depth i, I try batching content instead of putting in time every hmm. day I try hmm. to let's say uh put in uh 3 hours every third day or so it's 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 a it's a total of 5 uh, to 6 hours every week now do you schedule post on linkedin no no so Good. i i i use notion and like all my content whichever i have to post i guess copy paste and like done so here's a little thing that i discovered so i've been on linkedin i don't know forever <laughs> i became you know active almost like 9 10 months ago like once a once a day kind of post but i was repurposing it it was my secondary platform sure. and for the past 3 4 months it's my primary platform and i'm like you know putting in really too much efforts in it and this is what i discovered when you schedule something on linkedin it reduces your reach yeah if you use hootsuite or buffer or something it's it's on any platform because if we look at it psychologically uh the algorithm knows that the person has not come online and so yeah. the algorithm knows that this person is not going to engage that means this person will not see ads so sounds very penny uh it's it sounds very stupid but that's my assumption that algorithms hate algorithms <laughs> yeah but here's a good po- uh, cool point i i know you come from tech background right uh, kind of do you really believe algorithms are really this much smart uh i mean i think yes they are smarter than we can even imagine it's crazy aap aisa dekho na google analytics google search console all of these pieces are giving you so much data for free so much mm-hmm. data so much data that you have to take training courses to understand what shit is happening so my yeah. understanding is i i can only imagine what kind of uh, pro services uh, companies like google facebook microsoft may be providing to governments for a paid yeah. amount yeah Oh, uh, I think that that gives me the idea that uh, I really need to bring up a technical person who is kind of you know <laughs> really immersed in algorithm making, so I could ask these kind of questions to that person. If you no, have I any reference, it, let me know. <laughs> sure, man. I think it's always good to have people who belong to uh, what I would say different sure. back in just your WhatsApp, yeah. your WhatsApp. totally and i i i'll just you know like share how i am working these days or so for the past i guess two years now no one and a half year maybe i always have like one person helping me out one one and a half years uh at least one person that would be you know doing all the things that usually do not require creativity or my mm-hmm. presence so for example repurposing content on other platforms so oh. if i write on linkedin i have primarily write on linkedin but nowadays i have a person who is helping me repurpose that on quora so what she does is she create drafts of it she'll put a picture she'll you know customize it according to the platform and she'll put it in drafts so like twice a week probably i just log into quora and i have a draft ready right so that's how i have been doing and i yeah i'm just kind of looking out maybe to expand to instagram as well possibly soon it, it's 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 nice a lot of work 
if you it, it's great that you're able to work with people like when it comes to my personal work getting done it i find it very difficult to work with people here's what happens so uh, like personally my number one productivity tip is that uh, so number one productivity from my side is ruthless prioritization that's probably the only thing that i really care about like if i'm prioritizing if i'm doing only the things that i'm meant to do i'll be doing a lot of work so how it goes is i was active on instagram last year for like a couple of months and mm-hmm. i had a person you know who was making those creatives for me and she and i had a you know she was a friend and she and i she and i had bonding so it took maybe a few days or a few weeks for her to get you know into my rhythm the kind of uh, designs i like or the kind of uh, you know minimalist whatever i i want and then it was in the rhythm like i didn't have to put in a lot of effort and the the same goes to this kora thing so initially i had to tell her you know what don't do this or don't customize it like this don't copy paste it like you know do this and do that put my signature into it do that cta thing and all that stuff and it's been like one and a half months and she is into rhythm now i don't have to change a lot of things so i believe i kind of have this inbuilt quality like i would rather have somebody else do it than me though all the things that i don't like doing so you know that would mean you know all doing all the mechanical things probably and i'm i'm talking about it right now because there's going to be so many people who are already putting up a lot of content or who are going to start building their content in the days to come and this little thing can help a lot a lot yeah yeah i agree i think this is something that i need to work on myself but uh, i mean as long as my company work is being delegated and taken care of i'm kind of happy but i think with the amount of work that is increasing i want to be active on medium also so i think i would need help i'll i kind of ping you after uh, some time so uh, to get some tips how how to work with people on your sure. personal and here's the thing let's discuss it a little bit more as well because here's something that i learned so mm-hmm. last year when i was starting my life coaching business i came across this profile uh, she's liz huber she's a productivity and business coach and she helps you know coaches set up their coaching business simply uh, i couldn't afford her fees at that moment and she had an apprenticeship program okay so what happens is she'll coach you once a week and you have to do like 5 to 10 hours of work every week for her hmm so in this case you have an apprentice you are training them at the same time you are getting your work done as well hmm this is interesting right now i i have like three people working in this kind of domain with me so they are working with me for 5 hours a week and i'm coaching them 30 minute sessions every week they are getting equal benefits i'm getting equal benefits it's like a symbiotic relationship a win win for both the parties involved and nice. guess what uh, the first day when the first coaching session happened with liz huber i wrote so she gave a summary in email uh, after the coaching session and okay. one of the goals i set for myself after you know for next 3 months was quit my job and do coaching full time oh at that time i had a full time job and 2.5 months after that email i had already quit my job and i was doing it full time this coaching yeah. business so this coaching and mentorship so i'm very curious to 
understand uh, like uh, as as individuals we take a lot of decisions but how did your family understand or you know uh, how how did your family react to this when you said that hey i want to do this coaching and be a coach full time so here's the thing <laughs> my family i don't think still understands what i do mm-hmm. but the thing is they have given me enough freedom since my college time they are like do what you want to do just be sure that you are a good person you are earning good money and you are taking care of yourself so they have given me freedom and it kind of you know my extra edge over everybody else in india <laughs> that's what i feel i have never gone through not never but i rarely go through that pressure that you know what do this or do that kind of stuff hmm nice and that also made me responsible like you know what they they just said goodbye to me and they wished me well and i have to do everything on my own now <laughs> i'm on my own so that that's pretty much it and i totally understand that this is not how typical indian family works yeah i think we come from a privilege where our parents are worried about us but at the same time they trust us enough that uh, we can put our shit together and uh, you know sell that shit totally. perhaps <laughs> totally and uh, so i i really love this uh, so i was reading this on instagram stories this uh, from koragen alcatraz day he okay. he mentioned so somebody asked him a question that uh, what if my parents don't allow me to do this or you know it it was about something and he he mentioned that uh, consider that your parents are worried about you they want the best for you so if you want something that they don't think is safe for you or you know whatever start taking responsibility start building reputation with your family yeah start taking ownership of yourself and that was a really you know that two three lines was a really good eye opener for me as well like yeah this is what you are supposed to do and I, as i look back i totally see that there were a lot of times in my childhood when my parents specifically told me that you know what do this you have to do this but over the time when i showed them you know what i can do this but i also want to do this and i'm doing this simultaneously they had trust for me yeah i think uh, uh, something kota factory also i'll quote the jitu bhai he says that tumhare your parents can be wrong but their intentions can never be wrong so if we are able to just keep that in mind life becomes a little easier when we are convincing parents or anybody for that matter for something that is outrageous according to them and here's an unpopular opinion that i've been writing recently about although i i have a like a loving family i love my parents and all that stuff and everything mm-hmm. but here's an unpopular opinion that i've been putting out recently that your family might not be the best people for you to be with wow that's deep i kind of agree to it on a lot of levels because yeah. his you know what we have been taught specifically in you know east eastern world that your family is going to be there no matter what or your job on this earth is to make your family proud that's not true that's probably not true <laughs> imagine mark zuckerberg <laughs> what if he was living in india <laughs> and his parents told him that you know what you can't drop out you have to finish your degree yeah that would be a different thing i think we would not have connected i think because if zuckerberg would not be there 
then Quora would also not be there because probably the whole social media would have been like five years later into existence. Sure. Yeah. But you know, like coming back to the point that your family might not be the best place for you. Here's what I here's what happened. So I had a client. She mm-hmm. had an uh, abusive alcoholic father. Oh. And she comes from a remote village. Where if anything wrong happens with her, she is supposed to be the cause of it. Like she would have done it, or she would have, you know, like aroused or whatever. You know, like she is what the one to be blamed. And she mentioned it in one of the emails that I just don't feel like going home. Like I see everybody telling me that you know, like I want to just go home in you know hostel time and everything. And I would rather spend my nights roaming around in the city or you know on the roads rather than to go home and talk to somebody. And that makes me think really hard that you know what maybe parents are not the best people to live with. Maybe, maybe they are really great. Maybe there's a possibility that whatever we have told since childhood is probably not the best thing. I think the answer differs people to people. There are a lot of people or parents who are the who are the reason why their kids are so uh, passionate or ambitious. But there are times when the kids have been outliers, uh, battling everything and going out against the world and being and establishing who they are. So it's always a very subjective thing to happen. Yeah. But uh, I kind of relate to what you're saying because uh, I've been staying with my family like after I got into my professional career after COVID this is the longest time I've stayed with my family so uh, me too <laughs> high five to that man <laughs> the amount of exposure that we get from meeting different people has reduced significantly and I think the learning bit also has reduced but again it's a very subjective um, it's a subjective thing and uh, again, you know, the whole point was to normalize saying that, you know what, it's okay if, you know, your parents are not the best in the world or you don't want to live with your parents. It's totally fine. It's understandable. Yeah. Like you shouldn't feel guilty and ashamed if you want safety for yourself. And by safety, if it means, you know, going out of your home. Because a lot of people don't even know that it's a choice that they can live there on their own. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting on how society works, how people work with different relationships. And as we go grow older, the number of dependencies keep increasing. So sometimes I look at my father and I'm like, damn, this guy is stronger than I thought he was. As a child, I used to think that, oh, he has to go to office, come back. But then as I'm growing up, I'm realizing that, oh, he has a child, he has a wife. Then he has a yeah. wife and then he has his own family. And then there are some far-fetched relatives who have to be. So it, it's, it's very difficult as you keep growing the number of people, dependencies increase and it's crazy, man. And obviously since I moved in, you know, with my parents, like six months now, I also looked, started looking at all the patterns. And obviously I lived with my parents after five years, you know, for more than three days consecutively. And I saw all the patterns and I see, you know, how much I judged my parents for who they are. Like how much I judge my dad, how much I judge my mom. And obviously because I was reading about judgment detox. So <laughs> I was in total, you know, awareness that, oh my God, I'm, I'm judging him for this. And like, 
totally understandable obviously he comes from having you know being taught from my grandpa all of these things and all that kind of stuff have you been like finding yourself also judging your parents after you started living with them to look at everything kind of changes it it is a lot to do with the age factor that we have it also has to do a lot with the way uh, things have changed earlier my father and my parents like they would have control or they would have a say in decisions on when i go out of the house when i come back but now since all of those things have been taken away like i i am the master of my decisions in most of those things then what happens is you start your world changes earlier i our, our time our world was very tiny chotu sata yeah we yeah. will come back worry about what to eat worry about exams finish but now it's like exploded and when all of the things have exploded the way i think you you get a different glass uh to your eyes so it's it's weird man but i relate to what you're saying relate to it very strongly totally so uh, let's let's go a little more into the business part of it we'll come back to the personal stories again yeah uh here's something that has helped me dearly in my career that was started earning money during my college time okay and i know obviously because both of us belong to those communities or those have people around you know themselves who have done the same thing obviously mm-hmm. i didn't earn like a lot of money probably like you know uh like i don't know about 5000 a month that's pretty much it you know like less than 100 dollars a month but it was pretty much to afford my you know like uh date nights or my those uh gym you know membership or like when i say date night it doesn't have to be with somebody else it could be just you know like me eating alone but i really love <laughs> eating alone that's just another part <laughs> but you know it like made me empowered enough that i don't have to ask everything from my parents like you know like or tell everything to my parents that you know this is where i'm spending this much money or this is what i'm doing and that was really empowering for me like i i saw the importance of money like maybe not totally but started getting it you know bit by bit and then it really helped me with my career because when i joined corporate i already had good amount of experience working with clients right right what what do you think because obviously you have uh, students as well now you might have juniors who are again starting their journeys how is your opinion on all this by the way did you start earning while you were in college or was uh, it after your college i uh, i did not start earning in college uh, because uh i think i did not have the skills good enough to be paid but one thing that good one good thing that started happening was i started creating things when i got mm-hmm. into college and those things that i created did not pay me money but uh, something that has helped me in my professional career has been on the other side of being a consumer instead of being a consumer yeah things that i started doing was creating like the first thing that we did in college was uh trying to build a social platform where people who are writers can meet writers people who are badminton players can meet badminton players and all of that started happening uh, that did not make any money and we we were three people who split up after that and then uh, we started selling maggi late night so like the money thing was there but we were responsible for creating something or moving something yeah. and 
after i quit stone santa uh, i never saw a lot of money like after i quit stone santa or while i was working on stone santa i was drawing what about 15 20000 rupees a month as a salary everything else was reinvested back into the company but mm-hmm. after that i saw a lot of money only after i quit stone santa <laughs> in terms of uh, freelance money coming in or you know the jobs that were paying me yeah so if i look back at my career right now i would say something that really helped me was learning and then the l being removed the earning part yes so uh, uh, for me money is not a driving factor till now till the till, till i think i have set myself a number uh, till the age of 28 that is three more years i'm not going to be focused on money like uh, if it comes it comes is it like zero or is it like some figure like 300 dollars a month or 20000 rupees or something or is it like you. so uh, you said that you are not going to focus on money is it like even if you are earning zero rupees or is it like bare minimum this like i want at least this Uh, so i think i've reached that stage where bare minimum will happen even if i kind of stop working like there are certain passive sources of income that have been built but Is yeah okay so i ask how much like the minimum you have just to know just to get the idea for me the passive sources of like passively if i'm getting about 40k a month it should be fine because okay. there are certain obligations that have to be taken care of so 40k yeah. a month yeah bare minimum but it is fine thankfully i'm making more than that like way more than that per month but obviously yes that 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 should be fine okay okay and yeah i kind of obviously have the same uh, obligations and the same living expenses somewhere around you know 40k or something yeah. that as long as i'm making this much i'm okay i'm you know like i can do all the passion projects that i want to do including this youtube youtube thing or these interviews because i'm not exactly looking to make money directly from it right away it right. may make me money one year from now but even if you if it doesn't i'm really happy having this conversation yeah 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 but like money is an outcome and i think that is something that you and me and a lot of other people who you may have interviewed share and here's an interesting thing that i really recognized about money and i don't think i have talked about it enough mm-hmm. so up to a certain amount mm-hmm. money is all the issues you have <laughs> almost you know majority of your issues are money like for example with you if you are not earning 40000 your first issue will be to have that money true 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 right after that figure money is just one of the issues so a lot of people say that money is everything a lot of people say money is nothing i believe it's somewhat this like up to a certain level money is almost everything like yeah. if you are if you have a family and you know you are not again like let's say you're not earning 1 lakh a month or you know 1500 dollars a month if you're not earning that much money or whatever figure that you know is for you money will be the majority of your issues true true after that money will just be one of the issues sure i agree i think one of the books that i read i'm not sure which book it was it 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 had a number mentioned i think it was 150 to 200000 dollars for an average american yeah. is what the number was that after you cross this threshold money is no longer the top thing for you people start craving other things i guess that number was actually 75000 dollars 
and it was sure. from an art- different yeah i i haven't read the book i have read the article by nicholas boke so okay. he talks in depth about all these things the all, the whole theory that i mentioned okay okay interesting i'll check back again but again you know the whole purpose is this you know so suppose your net worth right now is 8 million mm-hmm. and my net worth is 10 million mm. this probably not going to be a lot of difference in the life yeah. unless obviously we are different people that's a different thing but otherwise there will not be a lot of difference in buying capacity yeah 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 all the spending, spending lifestyles yeah. also be very similar yeah yeah so it's an interesting concept what do you think money is i i do a lot of belief things in my coaching sessions if you have to define what is money money is a tool to build relationships and my personal belief is money is just an energy that mm. you know you are exchanging by value and service i think the way people perceive money has a lot to do with how much money they make a lot of people lot. see it as a evil or as a something that spoils money does that to them but if people like you you mentioned money is an energy where you exchanging everything else and so for yeah. you perceiving money in that way uh money will come to you uh, so so i think it's it's a mindset which differentiates how people make money yeah so here's a little nlp introduction to all this thing nlp is neuro linguistic programming yeah. uh, like some technical crazy thing about life coaching so it 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 says that your thoughts becomes your feelings your emotions and they become your beliefs your beliefs create your reality so if you're having a thought again and again your thought is money is evil hmm. so you continue repeating it money is evil money is toxic money will you know come in between my relations my happiness your feeling will be negative around it so belief will be money will stop me and it hmm. will create your reality so every time you are going to you have an opportunity where you can earn a lot of money but your feeling is that if i earn a lot of money i will feel bad or my relationships will you know be stopped or whatever so you will not be able to get that opportunity so this is you know like how our beliefs create our reality interesting interesting i i i'm kind of figuring out that I, although i have talked a lot about it in my you know uh, sessions but i haven't enough written about it yet good point <laughs> so uh moving forward mm-hmm. let's see what we have so you mentioned somewhere around your 1000 days challenge tell right. me more um so when i was battling uh, my mental demons or i was trying to make peace with the decision that okay stone santa is something that i have to perhaps let go of and i was you know thinking about all those things i lost something i lost hope 
I lost hope that anything good can happen. I lost hope of doing anything. So I was hopeless. So uh, the thousand day challenge is um, is something that I kind of made up with the hope that this is something that will you know pick me up from the ashes and help me rebuild myself again. So the thousand day challenge started off by just you know trying me trying to secretly prove myself that okay I can do something. So I started. Uh, uh going to the gym i started wanting to wake up in the morning because i thought that if i repeat this and do it for 1000 days then it might change the entire structure of way, the way in which i operate and it did work for me because that became my why like i a lot of people say that when you are depressed or when you are not happy when you're sad you lack purpose and everything else and the truth was i had lost all purpose So the thousand-day challenge kind of became something that uh, became a part of my purpose. One, and being a content creator and on and an entrepreneur, I realized that if the thousand-day challenge, if I'm able to really transform myself in these thousand days, I might as well be able to package this like a course or as a workshop wherein I invite people to be like, "Hey, bro, come take the thousand-day challenge of sorts." So yeah, I think I'm on my. Fourth month of the thousand day challenge. So the first three months was like a war warm up period, and the thousand day challenge started on the first of January of this year. So it ends on twenty third of September twenty twenty three, and I'm hoping that I'll go back with Stone Santa full time by twenty third of September twenty twenty three. My birthday is on twenty fourth September. Oh, okay. So okay, <laughs> now it becomes easy for me to remember your birthday. <laughs> We'll have two things to celebrate that day. Yeah, in twenty twenty. Yeah, is it okay if we talk a little bit about what you mentioned about your uh, what what did you call mental demons? Mental demons, yes. Is it okay if I offer a little bit of coaching here? <laughs> Why not, man? I mean, sure, that would be really okay. nice. I have know. to ask permission. Uh, here's something coming from my experience. and because obviously i went through a really tough phase in my life as well i went through depression and anxiety mm-hmm. part of why we feel hopeless so depression is not sadness depression is hopelessness right just to make things clear yes yes why we feel hopeless is when we put when we and now you can talk about it because you are away from it it has been in the past so you can look at it from a distance right yeah so when we give our power to something else for example your mental demons we feel hopeless that i am not the sailor of my ship but when we take ownership that you know what i can do this i can start doing this or like you know your 1000 days uh, challenge that i can start 1000 day challenge it gives us the ownership factor i've been working with a coach and so he's a new coach he wanted a lab rat you know for his coaching ideologies to test and i was like i'm happy to why not for the last i guess 35 days now every single day he's asking me that how can you take ownership in this so if if i'm saying that my business is not working or my relationship is not working his question is how can it how can you take ownership in it what can you do about it and that changes everything you feel a little better when you take ownership of things yeah you say that you know what yes i am in 
mess right now i like in your case i have to let go of this thing that was really close to my heart that i thought was going to be forever with me mm. and it's not but this is what can i do what i can do about it. i can grow up again i can start it you know on site and i can do this in the next 5 years yeah yeah that so here's my theory about it and i have never thought about it i thought it like 5 seconds ago action gives us hope yeah action yeah that's why you know one of the most common advice that people give to anxious people or depressed people is move do some movement like just get up from from your bed and just take a walk in your uh, you know room like for for example i i still have anxiety issues sometimes like quite rare like 3 4 5 times a year but it's still there when when i get some heavy triggers and i i see myself doing the same thing that i just cannot wait, get up from my bed i rather just stay there like for three whole days i don't mind but obviously again i have been working on it for 5 years so i know you know this is my time when i want to stay like this when i want to when i need to get up and all that stuff but the point being that when you do something when you take action you build up some hope and you take ownership around it and that kind of changes everything what comes to your mind when i say all of this well i i agree with this i read it somewhere that hope is the fuel to your mental health so if hope is something that is taken away uh it breaks you and there is another quote that comes to my mind i'm not sure who the person was but he says that uh opportunities increase when you start seizing them so if you have two opportunities lying in front of you and you seized both of these opportunities two more will appear so i i completely relate to what you're saying and if i go back to that phase where i did nothing like i literally yeah. did nothing i used to not see my phone for days at a stretch because that involved me reading messages and if i read messages i had to reply so yeah the, the lack of action it started adding more and more anxiety because if now i know that i have to reply to this message i realize that oh i have been ignoring this message for let's say 10 days it further adds to your anxiety but if i had replied to that message 10 days ago i perhaps would have been a little less anxious so i i understand uh, hopelessness like depression is perhaps the lack of hope it's not sadness it is lack of hope yeah but again not very experienced in that domain you should know better but sure we uh, we are just talking about our experiences so obviously i have a little more experience working with clients yes, yes. and here's something that like every single person that i talk to do not know about it uh so there's a book called i forgot the name something around insights it's by dr bill joe taylor dr taylor mm-hmm. i'm still not sure about the name i'll i'll send the details Mm-hmm. uh my story of insight something like that and okay. so it has been studied that chemically for any emotion to come to appear in your body and to go it takes mm-hmm. only 90 seconds that's it why do we feel so helpless or why do you feel so anxious forever is because of either of the two things we are either avoiding it 
or we are indulging in it okay so consider that uh, these emotions are like you know kids playing in the park okay and you are the you are their parent and you are mm-hmm. standing on the you know gate of the park they will come they will hug you and they will go now either if you avoid them they need attention they seek attention so they will continue hugging you for a really long time if you do not hug them back okay. or if you love them too much you will you will continue hugging them for more than what is required so they will not go away interesting so if you feel anxiety it is supposed to go away within like 2 minutes but the issue is either we are avoiding it we are not okay to you know like totally feel it we rather use a phone or eat something or go out with someone or talk to someone that's avoidance or we are indulging it we are overthinking like why is it happening or where is it coming from or you know whenever we see how why all those questions and this is an interesting fact that almost whoever i talk to doesn't know about it it's not popular that that much yet yeah i believe like maybe 100 to 100 people know about it because they have been to my workshop now but that's <laughs> like at least in my circle obviously it's a book it's published so people know about it but this is something that needs to be normalized that you know what you are not supposed to feel worthless your whole life Hmm. You're not supposed to feel angry your whole life. It's okay to Just let go. Ninety seconds. Like it, it's okay if you give it like five minutes, ten minutes. Like for example, mm-hmm. I use I I still use Netflix when I'm anxious. I'm like I want to feel it, but if it's too much, I will avoid it for some time, and I'm conscious about it that I'll come back to it, you know, before sleeping and stuff like that, whatever. Sure. But becoming really aware that you know what this is what is happening with me, and this is how it will go away. A lot of people know what is happening with them, or have a little idea that I'm anxious, I'm overthinking, and all that stuff, or I'm I don't have confidence, I'm underconfident, I don't have self-esteem, but they don't know what to do about it, or they don't have a hope that this can go away. So to give you an example. I have a question and um, before you give the example let's talk about sure. addiction okay any form of addiction what makes that addiction stay in people okay. what makes it difficult for people to be able to fight any form of addiction that 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 happens sure so uh, interesting thing just like two weeks ago i interviewed an addiction coach uh, okay. she she helps in alcohol addiction particularly okay, uh, okay. she is from us and so what she talked about was what addiction does to you is it it changes your brain it changes your brain chemically and neurologically like your neurons and everything changes so it basically all those three four chemicals you know serotonin uh dopamine 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 yeah and it has almost everything to do with those chemicals so my area of expertise particularly i'll be honest is building up new habits not breaking off old habits although i've been working on you know with someone so you know in habits they, these are two classifications building new habits and breaking old habits but i i talked uh, about this in detail with my therapist as well so i i interviewed her on my uh, interview series and 
she mentioned that obviously the mechanics are same that you make your environment a little tougher but again the first step is you know like be really aware that why are you doing it or what are you doing and asking yourself that uh, what are you actually avoiding so hey something and it's okay if you're not comfortable talking about it let me know uh, i never had a porn addiction or a masturbation addiction i've been regular with it but within that limiting window you know it, it's always been controllable for me but i also know that a lot of people have those addictions and okay. i recently am working with a client who has this addiction and uh, although i told him that you know this is not my expertise but if it's okay we can explore it together okay. and so just to you know understand what he might be going through uh I did a no PMO challenge for like three weeks or three and a half weeks. I think I read your post on LinkedIn about this. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we talked it in personal because I just remember if I posted it. I I think you posted it and I said like good good going man. Oh yeah 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 something something around that. So uh, what happened? I realized all the thoughts that were coming in that was you know like making me that you know like do this. i felt the physiological changes that my body was going through just because i was not masturbating interesting and everything that you do starts with your thoughts sure so if here's a really really common example it's a little embarrassing to admit but why not whenever i watch netflix some new movies or stuff like that i like a girl you know i like some actress i google it and i saw then i scroll down her instagram really common thing to do but mm-hmm. then i noticed that you know what this is one of the trigger points for me okay right obviously you you look at more revealing photos or you know more arousing things and all that stuff so any kind of addiction that you have beat porn addiction beat alcohol beat smoking or anything the first thing comes to mind okay when do i want to do this is it like before every meeting i have to smoke before mm-hmm. every you know like again before uh what else like uh, an- another factor would be am i being other things to consider is how is my well being like how am i feeling mentally how am i feeling physically in porn addiction it will come to am i performing sexually well or do i feel that there is some you know uh what's the right word to use here like there is some issue with my performance or something like that am i not being able to feel okay because it's not only about performance it's also about feeling good so regarding to that particular you know uh, addiction it also has to do with how are you feeling after it if you are feeling like shit masturbation is supposed to you know relieve you it's a good activity but if it's making you feel guilty and ashamed maybe it's all in your head it's in your emotions the thoughts that you're connecting with it that you know i'm doing something ungodly i'm doing something shameful and stuff like that and something like masturbation is supposed to be in uh, moderation right mm-hmm. it's a good activity it helps you anything in moderation is good what anything in moderation is good the moment you cross that moderation stage is it starts yeah. appearing Yeah. So here's the question. So you know, I I asked Taylor. She she's the uh, you know uh, alcohol addiction coach. 
Okay. I asked her that okay, I'm sober for last one and a half years now, two and a half years, I guess. Okay. Wow. And I feel like I don't have any, you know, issue with alcohol anymore. So why don't mm-hmm. I try it again? Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Give me one good reason why you want to try it." Okay. Interesting. And there's no good enough reason to try alcohol. so that that's what i was saying you know like in some parts addictions might be where you need moderation to work optimally but some addictions it's rather you don't have it all at all yeah so i gave her a couple of points in that interview that you know what maybe this is the reason or you know i was having this conversation with my friend that she mentioned that you know what this will happen if you start or this, these are the positive points and one by one she counter you know argued and she said this not even a single good enough reason for you to start drinking away obviously you know it's your life you want to do do everything you want but it's not a logical reason to do right makes sense what what other addictions are coming to your mind when you talk about addictions one of them is porn one of them is alcohol smoking what else i think the addiction to be busy like this is something <laughs> yeah that busy could be just mindless scrolling so that is something that when it comes addiction like uh, fortunately there are no other forms of addiction that i face apart from this addiction of being busy i hate being alone i i try being alone uh, there are certain things that i do running exercising etc but the moment when i'm not doing anything it's so difficult to be alone not doing anything so that is something that i started realizing it it, it could be a form of addiction just wanting to be busy wanting to be stimulated busy is not a right word wanting to be stimulated is the right word i think looking for instant gratification could be any form of stimulation it could be listening to a song so the idea is hmm. one of your senses has to be active it could be uh, uh, you know you exercising and ensuring that your cardio your uh, muscles are yeah yeah so that stimulation wala thing is something that bothers me i see and i and i feel i totally can understand what you mentioned that you know when you say that it's tough to for instance you asked me this, you you kind of asked me this question a while back in the uh in the conversation that we were having that how do you manage to do it like sometimes you feel or for external people there have been times where people have asked me how do you manage to uh, teach create content have a full time job have your side hustle and freelance at the same time so going back to the roots i think it is me wanting to be simulated and that simulation can come in any form i try running away from certain things and i'm getting simulated but dude that's the that's the thing man that's the thing interestingly uh i never realized but up until last year so exactly mm-hmm. a year ago like last april mm-hmm. i was working with a coach and she while talking with her i discovered that four years before that i never took a single day off oh crazy i remember when uh, my exams were going on like my final semester i guess and i don't not final semester but uh, one of the semester exams were going on and i came back from exam and i was looking checking the cryptocurrency analysis 
hmm. has always hooked to something or the other, and we don't realize it up until we go through a burnout. Yeah, yeah. So since last year, I've been trying my best to take one day off. Initially, it was Sunday, but uh, now that I'm working full time uh, as a life coach, I'm taking like Wednesdays off. Okay. Okay. And believe that for the first six months, I couldn't take one full day off. Why? Because of you want. I I start. I I would start Mac and I I'd start working on something. Okay. Okay. That's really helpless, right? I I don't know how to not work. And yeah. the issue is that all of my entertainment is on my Mac. <laughs> all of my work is all you know on my Mac and. all of my communication and everything is on my laptop now right you know like it's it's tough to create those uh, boundaries yeah <laughs> i think you can buy two devices one for entertainment one for work i i totally believe you know like i i need to have a tv maybe like you know smart tv where i can see netflix and stuff because even on my you know even on my off days i i would want to watch you know netflix and everything but i, I would just do it on my mag which is i i believe not healthy so coming back to the point mm-hmm. uh, i i read this really great post by sandeep pocher today on linkedin he's a really amazing storyteller mm-hmm. and he was talking about what got you here will not get you there okay and i answered in you know the comments that what got me here was ruthless action ruthless execution and what obviously it's not going to get me there it has taken me here what will get me there was strategic execution or strategic planning and i i don't know i just i just have that kind of vibe that you are going through the same thing <laughs> yeah i think uh, yeah i mean uh, just mindlessly executing is not something that has worked well for me in the past but i think for you to be able to strategize execution it requires experience i mean you can't start off with strategic execution so or planning it's a, yeah it's a phase everybody goes through yeah and and you know just just to point back to that phase i said i don't remember the name who the person who said it somebody really famous said it i forgot the quote as well though it, it somewhere has to do with that the biggest problem of mankind is the inability for a human to spend 30 time 30 minutes alone in a room yeah dude it's very difficult i try doing it i can't it's so difficult your thoughts become your enemy when you're doing it it is tough super tough yeah but here's the thing like anything else it's a skill that you can learn sure yeah yeah practice practice and practice and obviously i have obviously not mastered it yet but i believe that i am like 10% better 20 mm. 30% better maybe that i can set and not do anything but it took me a long time to just go you know like 20 30% in this area it is tough we are yeah yeah i'm i'm trying to spend time with myself alone later in the night but tough very tough man and social media has a lot to do with all this yeah agreed so whatever I, you mentioned it is off. called it is called actually a social media addiction there's okay. a term for it okay 
and I don't know. I, I don't have expertise in it per se, mm-hmm. but I believe it. It has to do with you know like how any other addiction works, like try reducing the frequency and all that kind of stuff. I don't know, man. I don't know what addiction this is. Social media addiction. Do you do you watch your uh, phone first thing in the morning and last thing in the night? No, 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 no. I've consciously stopped doing it. So unless unless I'm done with the first. task that i have on my to do i will not touch my phone and after uh, 9:30 9:45 i like turn it off and i put it aside this is something that I, this is something i've been doing for 3 months so thankfully and i'm it, better do do you feel a change in it because recently i have started doing that as well like i'm not doing it these days but i was doing it for a few uh, weeks in a row changed me totally how are you feeling about that doing that so i think earlier when i used to start seeing my phone even though i woken up at 7 o'clock by the time i would be on my desk it would be like 9:30 10 but now that i don't do it i'm on my desk by 8 so now i can touch my phone and do whatever i want but i mean wo little little time you just don't realize how fast it it kind of moves away from you yeah so, totally makes sense Me, yeah, made me more productive, I would say, in certain ways. And how how do you? Uh, what are your tips for productivity? What do you do to stay productive? Like I mentioned, my only tip is ruthless prioritization. <laughs> That's the only thing for me. I try practicing deep work. So I have this habit tracker of mine, where I mention when I've woken up, when at what time do I sleep, and everything. Uh, and one of the columns in there is deep work so i i kind of got alexa for myself so it sets a timer for 30 minutes and when that 30 minutes is on i try doing only what i'm focused to even if i don't like doing it for 30 minutes i try not to move so every day i try to measure how many deep work sessions have i been able to reach the maximum in a day i have been able to reach is 3 3 deep work sessions that is just 90 minutes so have, it's very have you tried doing it for more than 30 minutes in a row uh i have but uh, i don't do it like consciously i put it at 30 minutes only because uh, the very fact of me extending it for more than 30 minutes scares the shit out of me hey something to challenge your thoughts around this <laughs> yeah. uh there was another coach who was again you know just starting out with her philosophies and she wanted a guinea pig and i, I love being guinea pigs to such experiments okay so she was a deep work coach wow there are so many coaches which are specific <laughs> okay exactly exactly so in october month last year like 6 months ago mhm i worked with her for i guess 25 days in a row or something around okay. that okay i maybe a whole 30 days if i'm not wrong so let's let's consider it one month i'll tell you my output so yes please in october month i published 23 posts hmm 23 medium uh, you know blog posts about wow. on average 1000 per word you know words per article so 20000 23000 words okay and previous to that in the whole you know previous year like in 12 months i had written 17 posts in 2018 in 2019 I had written 
seventeen or eighteen posts, and in twenty twenty October alone, I wrote twenty three posts. Wow. And I was testing how much deep work can I do. So it was the first thing that I would do in the morning, and by deep work I would mean you know like just writing, 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 and I had uh, like ideated, written a little you know uh, how do you say it like. pointers before writing the whole thing so i'd write pointers before like b- before i start writing so the deep work session was only look at the pointers and write 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 do not edit do not do anything else just write okay and on some days i was able to do it for like 4 hours at a stretch 3 and a half 4 hours at a stretch wow but another thing hmm. After those four hours, I was really exhausted. Like like you squeeze a lemon, I just couldn't breathe. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything else throughout the day. Throughout the whole mm. day, I couldn't sleep because my body was not tired, but my mind was so tired that I wasn't able to do anything else. So there was always a you know uh, even in that book deep work Carl Newport has mentioned I guess the maximum limit is four hours in a day. In a stretch, okay, in a day okay. as well. Okay. Okay. Both in a day and in a stretch. But again, some people work really well in one hour of deep work sessions. Some people work really well in three hour or four hour of deep work sessions. Second point: some people work really well doing it every day for two hours each. Some people really do it like four hours today and break tomorrow. Four hours again, then break tomorrow. So it's totally about you know what works for you and what doesn't. But it was a really great experience. I have not never written so much in my life, and I, I didn't know that I could write so much. I think you had posted about this somewhere. I remember reading a post similar to this. I wrote itna in itna time, but I wrote itna in itna time. Had you posted about this somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. in November, December, somewhere, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It. Subconsciously, it comes out that oh, I remember the one she was talking about this. But just Which imagine, was... for the one whole year, I wrote eighteen ah. posts. Then one month I wrote twenty three posts. Super thing. But then again, obviously I'm self employed. I had time to experiment and do all that stuff. If you're having a full time job, you you cannot do this kind of an experiment. Right, right. But it it's really interesting to see how much people can impact. And I haven't been doing that mindfully recently. And I I don't know. So it it's something that I'm trying uh, for the past three months. Mm-hmm. I tried, you know, writing, batching content, writing posts, and once it doesn't work for me. What works for me best is when I'm in flow. I'll write it, you know, right away. So for that reason, I have posted sometimes on LinkedIn at one a.m. or eleven p.m. And I'm not sure if it's the best approach, but I'm, you know, like everybody talks against it. Like, you know, like it's better to schedule and all that stuff. but i was like really curious that what would happen if i do this what would happen if you know like i try this out so far it's working like for some days it it happens that i don't have any creativity or you know like any creative inspiration so i post something less creative like announcing something or you know like that that requires less creativity but sure. when i'm in flow i'm i've been writing like four stories in a day as well damn okay 
so that that's the reason like you know in the last 3 months i posted more than 200 times on linkedin i saw this post of yours on linkedin i remember it clearly and it it's like 2.4 posts per day yeah it it's still a little disappointing for me because yeah. i i targeted you know like writing 1000 posts within this year so that would mean 2.7 posts per day so i'm like my strike rate is a little low but it it's really interesting how much so it it's you know the, that equation that the more i write the more creative i get yeah yeah anyway 1000 uh, wow man good luck i hope you write one more than one i think i 1001 would be like a shubh hindu number so <laughs> <laughs> So I, I just you know like randomly joked about it. So I, I didn't have this kind of a figure in mind when I started in January. As like I was posting three, four, five times a day, three times, okay. four times, five times. And at the month end, I saw that you know in the first month I posted I don't know like eighty two times. Wow. And okay. I was like, it will be really fun if I do it like thousand or fifteen hundred in a year. Yeah. And then okay. I realized fifteen hundred might be a little overwhelming for others. 300 is like five every day almost. Wow, that's a lot. Thousand is right. like a thousand will be a good amount of things like on average three posts per day. So sure, let's see how it turns out. It's it's a year big project because I have done so many sprints like this. Hmm. What I mentioned, you know, like 23 posts in one month. It's hmm. a sprint, hmm. but this is kind of a marathon. Let's see how it goes. I I see a lot of books in your background. What are you reading currently? So right now, it's the book is not there. It's uh, a book by Piyush Pandey, Pandey Munyam. So I'm recently trying hmm. to get into. Uh, I'm trying to educate myself more about advertising and the world of copywriting and everything else. So Piyush Pandey is like considered to be like one of the biggest or the best admin in the country. So I'm reading his book, Pandey Munyam. I think it should be around here. One second, yeah. I'll show it to you. Okay. So yeah, this is the book. This guy. So oh. he's the he's the brains behind all those famous uh, Febicol ads, and so it, it's it's a very nice book. I I liked it. So yeah. Have you watched Mad Men? Mad Men. I'm watching it like parallelly. So yeah. Yeah, I also recently started it. And... Immersing myself in the world of advertising to see how the people who are in the game think. What do you think? What do you want to like do in your life, like thirty years down the line? I want to be into get into teaching, man. I can relate to that. Yeah, teaching is something that makes me happy. And while I was, uh, you know. when stone santa was not with me anymore at least in my mind the only thing that i was doing every day was teaching kids and when i was teaching kids all my worries all my dukh it 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 seemed non existent so uh, so far i think 30 years is a long time i'm not even sure what's going to be happening Obviously. but teaching is something that i like doing so let's see uh do you know elizabeth gilbert she is the Do you know? No, no, no. I've heard of it. Her the name. Let me Google it up. 
so she is the author of big magic and eat pray love oh okay have you read any of these books eat pray love i've heard of it not read it amazing book amazing book and so she she talks about this really really amazing thing mm-hmm. uh, okay so she uh, her book big magic was about creativity it's really amazing really underrated book mm-hmm. and she talks about careers and creativity and all that kind of stuff so she she talks like you know uh, some people so there are two kinds of people in the world mm-hmm. one of them being jack hammers okay and okay. the other are hummingbirds so jack hammers are people who are really focused concentrated on one thing you know like right. let, let's say mark zuckerberg he is really focused on tech ai and all that kind of stuff right yes. or uh, elon musk who is really really super focused on sending people to mars mm-hmm. and then there are people who are like hummingbirds who travel from one plant to the other or one tree to the other and cross pollinating the whole world hmm which is equally necessary interesting i fall in the hummingbird category man i keep jumping places <sighs> sometimes not? i don't i belong there as well I, i you know like joke about it a lot that i'm not pretty sure where i will be 5 years from now i might be doing something else totally different right because i know myself <laughs> and <coughs> i i belong to that as well you know like being really curious like what what does that mean or you know what would it feel like if i do that and interestingly maybe this is this could be a statistical bias mm-hmm. but everybody that i talked to told me that they are hummingbirds <laughs> or maybe that's the kind of uh, persona that you belong to and hence you are attracting that kind of people perhaps but i, I think most of are hummingbirds most and they're just trying to be the jackhammers yeah yeah i know one one jackhammer in my friend circle just one jackhammer that guy is me extremely too. me yeah. too i i know one and this distinction gives you acceptance as it's totally fine to be a hummingbird <laughs> you are equally important in this world yeah interesting what what are your uh, are you a religious or a spiritual kind of person uh i'm i have started to take more interest in these things uh believing that there is something greater and but i you could you could say that yes like when i lost stone santa everything goes back to that story because it kind of changed me as a person so when i lost everything the only thing that my mom told me was start chanting om every day and when i started chanting om every day i started looking forward to going to the temple to chant om every day because that was the only thing that i would be doing the entire day so i realized that people are religious because when they are out of hope when they are out of belief that is what grounds them to reality and anchors them from sailing away in the sea of uncertainty and hopelessness here's what my experience tells me because i have talked to a lot of people who have gone through depression and anxiety and you know really dark phases in their life mm-hmm. your hopelessness you know uh, intensifies or kind of either makes you lose all the faith 
or mm-hmm. makes you have more faith in spirituality and religion so in the whole spectrum it kind of you know makes you intensifies on to go on the either end for me it was i became atheist when i went through depression oh what's your current all so after i went through you know anxiety depression i went through therapy i started becoming better i started developing faith in spirituality okay and so there this that's where i was you know like going back so there was this one tech talk by elizabeth gilbert that changed hmm. my whole view so imagine just 18 minutes listening to somebody's videos and changing your whole view and so she she mentioned in her tech talk so eat pray love is a big mega star book okay. like it was okay. super super you know popular it's like alchemist which is you know like oh. really popular and she was like for the next i don't know she was like for the next few months or years i didn't know how to cope up with that success like anything that i'm going to write is not going to be at that standard and it's probably not going to get that much popularity so she researched a lot about creativity and that's why you know like she wrote a creativity book and it it was in ancient romans that she mentioned that you know they what they used so not everybody was allowed to do creative things okay so if you are a okay. painter or a singer or a dancer not everybody was allowed to do creative ventures sure and they considered that there is a genius that's helping you so it's hmm. not that you are genius it's that you have a genius okay. like you have a soul body that's helping you do whatever you're doing so if you have done something miraculous really amazing you cannot hmm. get the whole credit and at the same time if you made really good blunders <laughs> you cannot blame yourself for everything you would like i i just showed up my this genius was lazy so this gave creative people hmm. some space for their mental health like if yeah. you are too popular you cannot be too egoistic and narcissist about it that you have done everything you have done it like somebody else was responsible for it at the same time if you created a blunder like if you wrote some really stupid thing you know like or did something stupid and it mm-hmm. was really low quality you cannot blame yourself for it completely or you had a writer's block you cannot blame yourself completely and you know like liz, uh, liz elizabeth gilbert so she mentions that she used to sit there and sh- this is her creative process and every time she is sit there at certain like 8 o'clock or something and she would want to try to write and if it and if she cannot write that day she would have a conversation with her genius or with her you know this soul or whatever you can call it like you know what i am here you are not here do your job i am doing my job wow wow this is smart super smart <laughs> and just with that one tat talk totally changed my beliefs and i started believe, believing you know it it initially obviously was fear driven that i don't want to get mad just because i'm a creative person i don't want to drink scotch at 9 am in the morning 9 am and it's better if i consider that there's a higher power <laughs> that's you know like making me do everything that i'm doing and over the period i started learning a lot about spirituality and these days 
so i'm reading these three books and i'm going to make a youtube video around it these three books judgment detox uh, super attractor and the universe has your back so if you are or somebody else who wants to learn about spirituality i recommend these three books these are by the same author gabriel bernstein she writes amazing stuff and you know like one book if you are really hopeless the book is the universe has your back it gives you faith that you know what somebody is backing me up at any given point i am being guided to light there's this one book if you are neutral right now and you want really good things so you know the art of manifestation law of attraction law that stuff so her book super attractor and then there is third thing which i really believe creators specifically need to do because if you're creating anything empathy is mm. something that is going to help you a lot empathy yeah right and the key to building empathy is to kill the judgment inside you so there's this book judgment detox it's so amazing book and although it's a really practical book it connects somewhere on the spiritual level that the cause that we are yeah the name is very nice judgment detox totally and i'm like reading it two three pages a day for the last two months now and she mentions that the cause of judgment is that we feel separated hmm. that we feel that i am better than him or he is better than me or you know stuff like that and behind every judgment there is a wound that we are trying to protect some deep shit so yeah do <laughs> but yeah c- coming you know to the point that these books so i i became really uh, active about spirituality recently like a year ago that i want to learn more about it and i've i've been reading buddhism textbooks specifically not the random buddha quotes that we found online because you know like i met this uh, buddhist monk and he mentioned that be really careful what you know from where you are getting your information okay if you are getting it from a fashion influencer that you know like attachment is a root cause of all evil all that may be true it might not be you know like true in the context and stuff like that so i started reading textbooks about buddhism okay like authentic uh, so i read one book from dalai lama one of them from this buddhist monk i met met uh, karma yeshrabge so he explained to me because you are a follower of hinduism he explained mm-hmm. it to me in a really great way that he said buddhism is equal to hinduism minus all the rituals which makes a lot of sense hmm and then again rituals are equally important if you need <laughs> i believe totally it's on what you choose to believe sure so it's interesting uh, how our beliefs can help us with our mental state and just by trusting that you know like there is a higher power that is you know possibly guiding me it's helpful have you read the secret or the law of attraction not yet have you you, you know the concept yeah yeah the concept i'm aware of it yes yes so it basically says that the kind of person you are you are a magnet and you will attract the same kind of people right so if you are a positive person you will attract more positive people 
and sir three kind three or four kinds of you know beliefs that people have three or four levels of beliefs the first level is everything is happening to me and this happens when we are hopeless everything is happening to me government mm. is not helping me parents are not helping me that business partner is not helping me manager is making me do this you know you you like probably play victim here second stage of consciousness is when you say everything is happening by me i am the creator apuni baap hai i'm doing this i'm making it happen this is happening because of me yeah. and that creates arrogance right <laughs> right and the third level of consciousness is everything mm. is happening with me you are just a me. sure everything is happening through me and with me that means i am at any given point it's not pre written god doesn't have a script that he is you know like playing a movie and i'm just being a character it's not like that it's that i'm co-creating my reality at this very moment what are your thoughts about it this is the first time i've heard this but everything is happening to me i have been through that stage everything is happening by me i have been through that stage also the third one i think i'm yet to explore a lot of it but makes sense man makes sense i mean if the buddhists have told or talked about this it's obviously something that makes sense buddhism or any you know any of the spiritual things and you will see it in hinduism hindu texts as well like in mm-hmm. gita like you know like do your work and leave the results to me it right. is you know like i'm at any given point i'm co-creating this reality and if we talk about hinduism it remember that in mahabharat krishna was the sailor of you know like arjun and all that stuff right mm-hmm. so it it's like you are doing the work your god is backing you up and he is guiding you at the same time you are co-creating this whole thing right now yeah interesting i've never talked about it yet that's what i like about having conversations with people man uh, you talk about things a lot of times that you've not even thought about that you knew such a thing so that is what i yeah. like about conversations and that's why i decided to do you know like in depth sessions and not 45 minute calls but rather do you know like maybe 2 hours or more than that kind of interview sessions because we start off thinking that we will talk about this thing or that thing but then mid conversations we drift out off to something deep right 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 i think what are initially your... your plans to discuss majorly were may have been about startups business and marketing but i think we've drifted sure. on the topic altogether <laughs> sure it's a good thing It's a good thing that was that's the purpose of this whole thing. So I I don't script these interviews or my questions. Sure. I usually you know like write down eight or ten keywords. So my okay. keywords were content, Quora, marketing, college side hustle, <laughs> thousand days. So the, the just the keywords you know like I have certain ideas that okay I recognize these keywords with you so I can talk about you know these things with you. And meanwhile if you would have answered that I am not a religious or a spiritual person we wouldn't have this conversation. Right. Yeah. that Makes brings sense. me to this question i'm really interested because in the last interview i discussed this in depth with another coach is uh, shubham jawar is a leadership coach and we discussed in depth about dating and relationships hmm hmm interesting so uh, 
and this is particularly interesting to me because with the uh, rise of social media social media has normalized a lot of things which i feel is super mm-hmm. positive for example mm-hmm. i don't believe lgbtq would have been so much normalized if it weren't up to the internet or the social media right right and the same way i see a lot of relationships that mm-hmm. are not normalized in day to day life but social media is uh let let me find the right word social media is contributing in the whole mm-hmm. scenario to make it normalized right one of my mentors and i'm probably going to have him on the series in the next few weeks to come so he mentioned mm-hmm. that uh, he is a ceo of a company in uh, us he okay. has worked with some really big names and he okay. mentioned uh, that he and his partner has been together for 16 mm. years and they aren't married wow okay interesting and and he said that i cannot call call her girlfriend because it will be really casual and so how we define each other is partner and i believe this is something again you know like is going to be really normalized in the time to come but probably isn't normalized at the moment obviously that goes with again you know like uh, flow exploration that i've been talking recently that it's okay to explore relationships without commitment at first right right what do you think about it what have been your experience i have been in two relationships which started off without any commitments of course but then they transitioned into uh, something more and i'd like to quote a chemical equation here if delta g is less than 0 then the equation becomes viable if the delta g is greater than 0 gibbs free energy then the equation becomes uh, very physically difficult you require a catalyst of sorts so i see relationships similarly it's been very hard for me to get into relationships primarily because i did not really want to put a name to what whatever it was so hence just two relationships but yeah, i kind of agree to this like if as long as the delta g is less than 0 it should be fine but if you're trying to use a catalyst and ensure that the chemical equation is running then it becomes uh stupid i don't have a lot to say in terms of relationships but the two relationships that i was a part of or i had been in they've shaped me to be better that's what that's how i like to think at least so yeah and his, mm-hmm. his another relationship status that is not getting normalized nowadays or mm-hmm. at least i'm trying to normalize it on my end mm-hmm. uh, which is being intentionally single well yeah i think somebody i think everybody has to go through that stage where they choose to be single and in that phase if they're able to learn a little more about themselves before they commit into any form of relationship it could be a work relationship or it could be anything else uh if they have a better understanding of who they are then the relationship becomes more fruitful more joyful so uh i think i am going through that stage because i know 
perhaps in a couple of years i might have to get married and getting married is, <laughs> is i is, might have to get married is a really great phrase phrase to use <laughs> yeah uh, so you don't have to do anything good <laughs> yeah but i would say subconsciously consciously i'm trying to prepare myself so that if and all when the decision has to be made at least i am ready spiritually internally and emotionally uh, it's it's interesting point and i would want to point it out so i mentioned you know in, in a few minutes earlier that i was i am working with a coach for the last 30 35 days who is mm-hmm. an ownership coach and you know like he is helping me take ownership in all the things that i do and even think so on my thought okay. level whenever mm-hmm. i told him that you know what i have to do this today Hmm. It's like hmm. you don't have to. You're not a slave. Like it's okay if you don't do it. Right. So okay. He made me change that sentence to "I want to do this today." Wow, that's just change in phrase can impact a lot. I think. Totally, and you know, instead of saying "I have to do a meeting today" versus "I want to do a meeting today," shifts the world. Anyway, so uh, we were talking about. I, I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned that the, you mentioned the books that you are reading currently. What are the books you usually suggest to people? Or let me put it in a better way. What are the books you usually do? You gift books? Uh, depends. I mean, people I work with, I usually give out books to them, but otherwise, I don't gift books. <laughs> so what is the most common uh, you know what is the book that you have gifted the most or recommended the most uh there's this book which i don't have because it's with a friend right now it's by walter isaacson it's called innovators okay uh, so innovators is a book which talks about innovation because a lot of times people confuse innovation with something very different and this book talks about how computers came into the picture and it's not just computers it's computers transistors and a lot of other things so a lot of times people think of innovation as a single event in history but this book kind of uh explores deeper and tries to state that innovation is not a one person thing it's not a one time event in history but it's a rather an ongoing uh, process wherein you are marginally improving certain things and then there are times when that marginal improvement can bring about that compounding change so i i love that book in fact i've fallen in love with this guy walter isaacson the way he writes so the first book i read by him was steve jobs biography and then i picked up uh uh this book innovators and then uh i started reading einstein by him and then i started reading uh, leonardo da vinci's biography by him so i'm i'm aiming to read all the books that he's ever written because i just love the way he writes yeah and so i i was doing this kind of an experiment like last year i guess so i was not mm-hmm. picking up books by just the title but i rather i i would see what book i'm loving and i'll mm. search the writer and i'll start reading every book by him or her right right i think you so, you have three by the same author right now yeah you know the gabriel bernstein the whole tra- three books and then earlier it it started with ryan holiday so his three or four or five books that i read obstacle is the way ego is the enemy stillness is the key 
and growth hacking is one of his books right you know, uh, and then i read books from robert green the art of seduction the 48 laws of power stuff like that and it's really interesting i had never heard this books before you mentioned obviously i've heard about it but i haven't met a person so enthusiastic about them before you so <laughs> i would want to check them out sure okay uh how do you read like do you read every day or do you re- read like once a week and stuff like that uh so i'll show you something like since you are a habit coach and we've been talking about so this is the habit tracker that i follow and one of the things in here is book so it's it's like something that i have to do it like i want to do it is something that i will start doing yes i'll i'll start do <laughs> do it so i try reading every day but there are times two two to three days uh, i might miss but when i'm whenever i'm missing it is at a stretch that two to three days i have not read another reason for me reading books is because reading books allows me to create content <laughs> so yeah sure sure okay do you count how many books do you read no god i finally made someone with the same energy I it makes no count why makes why no do sense. you want it's like so stupid it's been I mean, like 2 years since i stopped counting but it it's just been a you know like egoistic egotistical activity online because people just yeah. want to show off that this is how much i'm reading and too big his, and all wow here is an interesting thing mm-hmm. for the last two or three years mm-hmm. over the time i'm reading less and less that that indicates one thing that you're spending more time with the books reflecting upon them and allowing it to percolate into your mind so it's a good thing that's one point second point is i'm also investing a lot of time in creating third thing right. i'm caring less about if it's a book or an ebook or an article or a youtube video right interesting so these these are you know like i have written about it like a few months ago that i'm reading less than i used to mm-hmm. but i have a lot more content and probably a lot more lessons than i used to when i was reading more and this obviously has a lot to do with that i don't read fiction i'm more you know like a lot into non fiction and stuff so these three books i don't remember when i started these like obviously not this year <laughs> and at any given point i'm reading like 10 book different books how many books do you read like simultaneously uh one or two max like not more than that like since when this... you started reading books like seriously i started reading after covid after the lockdown because earlier i i was in that stage of being busy all the time you know so not very nice i started liking books a lot because it gives you depth which is not there on the internet i mean internet pe no matter how good of a blog or video you watch most of it is surface level content and again a lot of people don't agree with the statement that i put out but i feel that book is like somebody's lifetime's work in there so the kind of depth okay. you get very different and i started liking it a lot i agree to the statement up to a, you know like a certain extent 
that the information you're going to get from books are not going to match with the information you're going to get on the internet. Yeah. But 70 to 80 percent of nonfiction is repeatable. Repetition. Yeah. 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 That's why I've started. I've switched to biographies. Like I started reading about Einstein. I'm reading about the history of Netflix. Then I'm reading about how ad campaigns were built. So although it is not fiction, it is not really non-fiction either. Yeah, it's not self-help. Yeah, so it's it's like an in between. But what you're saying is completely something that makes sense. Uh, law of attraction. I mean, I think there are thousand plus titles just on this particular concept. So law attraction, to yeah. Sorry, law of attraction is something that our parents have been subconsciously telling us since we were children. Acha socho, yeah. acha. Acha baat bolo, acha karo. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, it's actually a fact, and almost every writer writes about it that 70 to 80 percent of all the self-help or self-improvement books, personal development books, are just repetitive in nature. So yeah, yeah. a lot of times what I usually do is, so the, the latest book that of the secret that came out, the mm-hmm. greatest secret, I guess, something like that. And okay. I don't know, I, I read only like 20% of it because it was just talking about awareness, awareness, awareness. And I knew that this is where it's leading. <laughs> and I rather put it down. That so a lot of right. times I usually just skim. Like I would go through index and I will pick up a chapter and read it. Okay, interesting. You, you use obviously different tools and techniques to discover what works for you. And over the period, I, I guess, even if not completely, yeah. but I would have read like 400 books so far. Wow, wow. That's so a lot. With the, yeah, well, it's been so many years now. Like, I don't know, since 2015, so six years. But here's another thing that now with this kind of experience, I usually get, you know, I see patterns. So, okay, this is where the person is just going to, this should have been an email, hmm. you know, <laughs> that, that kind of a thing. But yeah, interesting. So uh, do, you, do you have a book recommendation list or something that you usually offer people? Oh. Uh... Like if I have to give a book recommendation to you right now, it would be Innovators by Walter Isaacson. Uh, I also like the idea of it. See, you are a content creator. You are a creator. You have you have the desire to create something. And whenever I see these two, three traits in a person and they ask me for a book recommendation, I immediately put out the book Innovators as an example. Because not only is it a wonderful amalgamation of different stories, but at the same time, as the book progresses, you start realizing how innovation is not a one-time affair. It's like a... So, th- like, I, I want to start doing book reviews on my YouTube channel. And I intend on doing, starting with Innovators. But Innovators is such a complex book mm-hmm. that it, I, I don't think I'm worthy enough to even talk about it right now. So, okay. yeah. yeah. And if I have to ask, what are you mm-hmm. currently doing in your life as a whole? One thing is your YouTube channel. What do you do on your YouTube channel? I'm trying to be a better teacher. I'm trying to educate. So anything and everything that I'm doing is more about educating people on different things. Like 
at my daytime job the job that i have uh, most of the content that i create is about uh, you know new things like how can you learn how to do a, develop websites and all of that so most of the the things that i'm currently doing has started shaping taking that shape of educational content being churned out of me Yeah. Are you working a full time job right now? Yes, yes, yes. In marketing, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Major role marketing is is what my things. Amazing. And if we end this interview right away, what would have been missed that you would have wanted to talk about? Um. I don't know, man. I mean, we have talked about a lot of broad things, but I think one thing that kind of missed i would not say missed but i would want to have included in this particular conversation is the why of you doing this like oh, you kind of told okay. me this but what gives you that motivation that inspiration to continue doing it because i think the first time we spoke about this was about a month back and then you followed up mm. what happens is you have to work with different people and you know taking out 2 hours of your time and their time can become a challenge so you have to have a very strong magnetic reason of why you are doing it so perhaps you could talk a little about it sure so uh when i was a little kid you know like probably 5 6 7 or somewhere that age okay i used to read up newspaper specifically one column of jokes and hmm. every morning i'll read that and by night time when everybody is on dinner table i'll tell them joke and they laugh they you know like encourage me sweet so you know it's it's a it's been a pattern of mine to learn new things and to share it with others then in school it turned out to be going to library or reading newspapers about political and social and other you know trending issues and stuff and then talk on stage about it hmm as a public speaker then it turned out to be uh, in college i like this girl and she was a crush and i was really i didn't have courage to talk to her and i started writing about it and i started reading a lot of books and i started writing about those books and stuff so you know like again consuming new information and giving my opinions on it or you know like just being a transcriber a lot of times hmm and then over the period it i went through those uh, phase those uh, times of depression anxiety and career changes and all those breakups heartbreaks all those kind of stuff hmm. and it has always been that that i would want to learn new things and i would want to share like for example that 90 second rule that we talked hmm 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 every time i'm having a conversation it is such an underrated or a hidden gem people don't know about it and it's so useful and just hmm. makes me feel good that i'm you know like kind of sharing it with others so everything that i do is somewhere or the other belonging to this part why i'm you know being so active on linkedin is because i'm just able to really give myself out and right. that would mean you know writing my stories and amazingly so far you know like linkedin police hasn't discovered me yet those people who tells you you know this is not facebook <laughs> and 80% of my content is about my you know like breakups and my personal life 80% probably about my relationships my breakups my 
you know like the stories of depression anxiety and all that those kind of stuff and like 20% of it is like professional okay. nobody cares because when they see a story that they can relate to that this you know like i have been through that dark phase as well i have been at a place where i don't know who to believe right and they relate to it so anything and everything that i do come back to this point that i really love learning new things and i really love sharing it and now learning new things is over the period i discovered that when i talk to more people i discover and learn new things like with you i discovered this thing of thousand days first of all or when i thought about you know personal branding and corporate branding or when i talk about college side hustles or you know like whatever we discuss so this year i had this uh, you know kind of a thought that why don't i interview people on my youtube channel and so i wanted a usp to be a little different i didn't want to have scripted conversations i just wanted to be conversations so one thing was i could do networking i could call you up the other thing was i could you know like record this whole conversation and put it out because somebody sure. somewhere could really really get benefit from this conversation yeah yeah that that's probably my why i really love having conversations that that's probably the first thing that's why i'm coaching business i really love helping people one on one did that answer i think i like the answer because it was not a straight answer you kind of went through the roots of uh discovering this and bringing it out so yeah and i totally agree to this point obviously it's been like really popular in media nowadays that you need to have a clear why there's a thing yeah. if you don't have a clear why it's okay to just start something and find out your why yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't realized this whole answer up until 2 months ago the story okay. i told you about you know being a kid and you know like telling jokes and all that stuff i never i i never even thought about it like 2 months ago but 2 months ago while i was in my creative flow while i was writing i i remembered that story that you know what in childhood i used to do that and i think this is part of inward learning when you start growing inwards you start realizing a lot of the things that you have done in the past and then you start relating it to the the present and you know like again if like i didn't know my why why i'm doing this and all that kind of stuff i just that okay i like doing this it will bring me money it will bring me more network let's start with it so i started writing and all that stuff and i really believe actions or execution helps us finding our purpose yeah like yeah doing something even if you are not meant to do it you will probably find what you are not meant to do so i i hope that answers what you are asking and thank you so much for asking that because i see that i don't talk a lot about it if there are certain things you know like mm-hmm. we don't talk about unless somebody else asks us right 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 i'm so, glad i asked this question because uh, i like the way you put this out going back connecting the dots and then presenting the reason because uh, it shows that it's not just a surface reason surface level reason of why you are doing what you're doing and it kind of also indicates that uh, this journey that you've embarked upon it's the only beginning of what you're up to in the next few months years to come decades to come <laughs> let's yeah, see where it, it ends <laughs> let's see where it goes uh, and uh, we are well over to us 
mm-hmm. and i remember you saying that what will i talk about for two hours so here you go yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for showing up it was a, such an amazing and a really really amazing conversation i really enjoyed it same your uh, thanks so much for having me over mandeep anshu you've called in like a very special set of people and the fact that you invited me for this makes me feel nice i can like i am going to write about this in my diary because it is one of those interesting moments in my life yeah amazing i'm glad and i hope like we'll have such a conversation again something really fun i hope so too yeah so thank you so much for whoever was watching and listening to us and see you again pretty soon bye bye